Good morning. I'm glad you're here. You know, uh, we Baptists tend to be scared of the rain, scared of getting wet, uh, scared of being sprinkled, all of those things. You've heard all those, you know. And I'm so glad that you're here today uh, to, to worship at Willow Bend. If you have your Bibles, uh, our text today is found in Matthew 13. And I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about why do we have all these weeds in our world? Why all these weeds? I mean, what has happened to our world? What has happened to our world? Uh, you know, the world has always been imperfect, amen? Uh, there's always been problems. And when you look back uh, during the biblical times, during the very earliest recorded history, we find that, that every sin that you could possibly imagine was there under the sun. And, and people say today, they say, well, you know, isn't our world worse today than, than it was you know, uh, years ago, well, you know, that's a hard argument to make because the world's always been a sinful place. And yet, it seems like to me, I wake up and I read things in the paper and, and it just, it's just amazing to me how, how um, our world has been turned upside down. You know, who, when you were growing up, when you were growing up, how many of you would think that you would be considered a racist or a bigot or a hateful person because you don't think that grown men ought to go be able to go to the bathroom in grown women's bathrooms. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, our world is turned upside down. It's just crazy. You know, it's crazy. I was reading uh, this last week about uh, our uh, vice president, Mike Pence, and his, uh, his uh, way that he protects himself and he protects his marriage. And, uh, you know, he does not go out uh, to lunch with women of the opposite sex by himself. He does not do things like that. They, uh, people used to call it the Billy Graham rule because Billy Graham made this rule that he would never, ever, uh, you know, go with uh, other women when he wasn't in a crowd or he wasn't with his wife. That was just his way of protecting himself from, you know, the attacks of the evil one. Go back even farther than that. The guy that I uh, did my dissertation on, a guy by the name of George Washington Truett, the pastor of the First Baptist Church of, of uh, Dallas for 47 years. Uh, Truett Seminary in Waco is named after him. The Baptist World Alliance probably would not exist today if it wasn't for George Truett. Uh, Baylor Hospital has a Truett Hospital as part of the big complex there. Uh, Baylor University probably would not exist if it were not for George Truett because he helped save the university when it was in terrible debt back in the early part of the 19th century. All of these things. One of the greatest... Um, um, Scott, he was Billy Graham before Billy Graham was Billy Graham, if you know what I mean, okay? I mean, that's who he was. Uh, during World War II, President uh, Wilson uh, invited him to go and preach to the, to the troops in the foxholes and in in those long trenches during World War I. Uh, and he had this rule that he would never, ever, uh, you know, be uh, alone. with. He broke it one time. Let me tell you a funny story. He broke it one time. He never, ever learned how to drive. Can you imagine that? Now, that was old time, right? Old time. But he had a personal assistant by the name of Bob Coleman, and Bob Coleman drove him every place he needed to go. Or he would drive him to the train station. You know, you went in trains a lot back in those days. And so one day, Bob Coleman wasn't around, and, and Dr. Truett needed to find, get to the train station. And there was no other way to go because he didn't know how to drive. 
And so he finally acquiesced. One of the secretaries at First Baptist Church Dallas said, okay, Dr. Truitt, I will take you to the train station. He didn't like it, but he said, okay. And he got in the back seat, her driving in the front seat. And once they got close enough to the train station so that he could make the train, he slapped on the back of the thing. He said, stop the car, stop the car. And she stopped the car and he got out and walked the rest of the way. Because he felt so uncomfortable, you know, felt uncomfortable being there with this young woman by himself. See, that used to be seen as laudable. Have you seen what people are saying about Pence? I mean, he's being skewered for being old-fashioned or, or a dummy or, you know, prejudice against women or all these different things. It's just crazy to me. Just crazy to me. Because you guys know that, that about 50% of the people in our world, the statistics say, cheat on their spouses. You know what? When you take steps to where you're going to say, I'm not going to put myself in a position to do that, that's a good thing, I would think. But the world doesn't see it that way, see? The world doesn't see it that way. And so, so we live in this world where, where you know, people have very different values than, than what we have, and, 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 they don't, and, and they almost laugh at maybe some of the things that we try to do to protect ourselves against against, you know, the, the, the attacks of the evil one, because all of us can fall. All of us are sinners, saved by grace. And, and, and I think it's smart to take, take steps. But anyway, so, you know, God didn't create the world like this, though, did he? He created a perfect world. He created a holy world. He created a world where there was peace and harmony. And then you know the story, and we won't go into it today. You know, Adam and Eve sinned. You know, I just saw a really, really bad biblical joke about how there's computers in the Bible, you know. Adam had a computer. It only had, it had a little, very little memory. It only had one byte, you know. Do y'all get that? See, it's so bad you don't even get it. So, anyway. So anyway, but, but, but the world was perfect. And then we sinful people messed it up. And, uh, you know, what happened? Well, well, our text tells us a little bit about where we are now and how we're to live in this world. If you have your Bibles, Matthew 13, starting with verse 24. Jesus then told them a parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered. Because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let them grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds, tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Then skip over to verse 36. He told a couple of other parables there. But then after, uh, when he was alone with his disciples, uh, then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the power of the, we- the, the parable of the weeds in the field. 
Now, they understood the other two parables, but they, were, they said, explain this one to us. We don't get it. And listen to what Jesus said. The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. And the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. And the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out His angels, and they will weed out His kingdom, everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will, be thrown, they will then throw them into the fiery furnace where there will, be accept, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father, he who has ears, let him hear. You know, as a, as a minister that's read the Scripture many, many times, I, I think the whole Bible is God's Word, you know. We know that, and we know that all of it uh, is, is good for teaching and, 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 uh, and teaching us how to be Christians and how to live our lives and all that. But when Jesus says, listen, if you have ears, hear this, it always perks me up a little bit, you know. Yeah. Listen, if you, if you can hear, hear what I just said. And what did he just say? What he, what he said was that the, the world belongs to our Lord, and he sows the good seed. Sometimes it's hard to, to, to believe that. And, and, and let me tell you, I have to be reminded of that on a regular basis. I have to remind myself, you know, this world is the Lord's world. It's not Satan's world. It's not some crazy people's world. It's not the government's world. It's not the politician's world. It's not the army's world. It's the Lord's world. And, and even though it doesn't feel like it sometimes, and it doesn't see, I don't see it sometimes, and I have to remember and be reminded of the fact that this world is my Lord's world. It's His world. And He has sown Good seeds. Now, now think about this a minute. Think about the seeds that our Lord has sown in this world. Let's follow that theme a minute. We know that He has sowed seeds of love. For God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He sent His Son. Who is His Son? The Son of Man. Jesus is talking about himself here. So God has sown seeds of love. God has sown seeds of sacrifice. He sent his only begotten son to die for you and me. Without that sacrifice, we would have no place in his family because his righteousness requires a sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. No way to save ourselves. No way to be right with the Heavenly Father. But He sowed the seeds of sacrifice. John fifteen thirteen. What does John say? Greater love has no man than this, than he laid down his life for his friends. Our God has sown the seeds of love. He's sown the seeds of sacrifice. He's sown the seeds of grace. Romans 5 20 says, where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. Now, now that, you know, 
Paul even says, does that mean we're supposed to sin more? No. No. But it does mean that whatever sin has been in your life and is in your life, God's grace is more than sufficient to cover it. It doesn't make any difference where you've been. It doesn't make any difference what you've done. It doesn't make any difference how bad you think you are. You know, one of the greatest stumbling blocks to joy in Christ is our self, uh, is, our, is our misguided uh, self idea that, that God could never forgive us. We're just too bad. God can't forgive me. I'm just too bad. Oh, yeah, he can forgive those other guys, but you don't know. You don't understand. You, you, if you knew the whole story, my friend, you wouldn't think that God could forgive me. Wrong. That's just wrong. And, 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 and I also love that the Bible even acknowledges the fact to those that much is forgiven, those, those that much is forgiven seem to love more, seem to appreciate it more. Boy, that's my experience. That's my experience. When, when people that feel like they've been so far away from God, when God comes in and He saves their souls and He washes them with the blood of Jesus Christ and that, that, that big, huge wave of grace just, just, just washes over them and almost like a big wave that knocks you off your feet and you tumble through the ocean, but when you come out, you're clean. Oh, my goodness. The joy... The joy in those people's hearts because they know that they were sinners and they know that they've been forgiven. We had, we had several uh, former pastors in my last church and, and, and they were always wanting to preach and always wanting to teach and do things. One guy, he would come to one of the services, he would come to the early service on Sunday morning, then he would go out to a rehab center and he would preach. And... and and it was his, man, it was his ministry. And he was an evangelist, let me tell you. He was an evangelist. And, and, and he would have a small group there. And, 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 and one day we were talking because, because I would preach to literally 20 times more people, maybe 30 times more people than he did every Sunday morning. And he would say, we had 12 saved Sunday. I said, yeah, we had one. Or maybe we didn't have any. And we got to thinking, you know, the reason, maybe, just maybe, <laughs> the reason why, and, and I couldn't admit that maybe he was a better preacher than me. I couldn't admit that, okay? Maybe, just maybe, those folks he was preaching to knew they were sinners. And a lot of the folks that I was preaching to on Sunday morning hadn't figured that one out yet. You know, yeah, I want God. I want God as kind of a, you know, I, I, God slots nicely into my overall plan for life. I've got my career and I've got my kids and I've got my husband and I've got my travel plans and I've got my, yeah, I got my church on Sunday morning. That's a good thing. Keeps me centered, so to speak. But when we really, really understand we're sinners, we really understand. And we really understand that it's only God's grace that forgives us. And we totally and completely surrender. 
to the acknowledgement that we are sinners and that we cannot do anything for ourselves except accept the except accept the grace that God offers us. There's unbelievable joy and freedom in that. We're going to talk a little bit about freedom here in a minute. How how Satan distorts that. So, our God has come to us and He sowed the seeds of love. He sowed the seeds of sacrifice. He's sown the seeds of grace. That's the kind of God that we serve. Our God is about love. He's about sacrifice. He's about grace. He's about forgiveness. He's about joy. He's about peace. That's the God we serve and that's what your God wants you to have on a daily basis. That's what he wants you to experience. Even in the midst of all these weeds, okay? Even in the midst of all these weeds that want to choke out your joy and choke out your freedom. He wants you to experience those things. You see, the world belongs to our Lord and he sows the good seed. And if you've accepted his forgiveness, you are part of that good growth that he has here on this earth. Number two, that Satan is a squatter. Satan is a squatter. He does not belong in this world. He does not belong in your life. But he is going to squat where he has no right to be. And he sows the bad seed. You hear me? Satan wants to come into your life and he wants to sow bad seed. You see, we all know that God owns this world, but there's another force at work in our Lord's world. And I use that term, but are you familiar with that word squatter? It's a person who lives on land that's not his. Land that he has no right to, but he works it to his own advantage. You see, Satan has come in and and he's dropped the bad seed and he's dropped it everywhere he could. Everywhere you could, all amongst us, all in the middle of us. And you see, the bad seed grows in a lot of different things. I got into an argument not long ago with a friend of mine. And this person wants to study the Bible, wants me to, to help him study the Bible. And I said, man, I'd love to, I, I'd love to do that. But, but see, what he really wants to do is look at archaeological findings and and, and things like that. And I have no problem with that either because most of the, the archaeology that comes out supports the Bible. <laughs> but, but when we talk about the Bible, he doesn't want to talk about, you know, how this affects his life. He wants to talk about, you know, well, it, was the Red Sea really the Reed Sea? Did, they, did, the, did, the, did, the, did the walls part or was it just low tide, blah, blah? You know, and he gets all hung up on all that other stuff. And I don't have any problem talking about that. But, but eventually I want to get back to, you know, what does that whole story say about God's deliverance of his people? No, I don't care about that. I don't talk about whether it was low tide or what, you know. You see what I'm trying to say? See, 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 Satan wants to, to take away the main message. He, he wants him to, to, to look into, into other things. Uh, Proverbs tells us the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. See, I believe with all of my heart that that's the reason why in our society today, and make no mistake about it, guys, 
BSMs are shining lights on college campuses that are darker and darker and darker when it comes to things of faith. And I don't care where you are. Darker and darker and darker when it comes to things of faith. And the reason why so many uh, ideas out there are floated around as fact is because man desperately wants to find a way to explain things without the presence of God. Desperately wants to explain life without the presence of God. But I want you to know, it takes just as much faith to believe some of those theories as it does to believe in my God. And so you, you live in a and you live in a society where if if you stand up for what you believe and, and and you believe in a loving God and you believe in the God of the Bible, you're ridiculed and 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 looked down upon. And it's amazing to me. Because aren't we all isn't our world about love? Well, who's more about love than our God? But see, our God also says, I love you, but I also, you know have certain responsibilities and certain things that I'd really like for you to, to live this certain way because it's really better for you. And, and our world says, we don't, wanna, we don't wanna listen to that. We wanna live the way we wanna live. We wanna do what we wanna do. And we wanna live the life we wanna live. Romans one twenty two tells us, although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal Man, birds and animals and reptiles, do not be wise in your own eyes. Paul tells us that. So the bad seed, uh, Satan gets us to thinking about things and, and he gets us to rebel against what God wants in our lives. You know, he, he, he brings that about and then he, he uses things that are good, that God created as good and he distorts them. To, to, to continue growing this bad seed. Think about this. A young person, I don't know how many times I've read where, okay, this person was alienated, uh, you know, this young lady was alienated from her father. And so she, she didn't have a good relationship with her father, so she reached out for love in someplace else. She reached out for love and she found lust. Sometimes we reach out for freedom. Man, the pain in my life is so hard. It's just so hard I can't stand it. I've got to dull that pain. And so I get away from, so I can have freedom from that pain, I pick up a bottle. Or because I have, need freedom from that pain, I, I, I pick up a pill. Or inject something into my arm. Because I need freedom. I need freedom from that pain. I need freedom from that that is Weighing me down. I was never taught how to have a real relationship, but I but I want to have my needs met, and so you know I'm going to turn on my computer, and I'm going to and I'm going to let that that image on that screen, that pornographic image, you know, it's 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 going to meet my need because see, I don't really have to have a relationship with that computer. It just meets my need. It soothes my pain for just a little while. You see. Satan takes real needs that we have and he distorts how we get those needs met. And all the time sowing weeds in the midst of the field that God wants us to live in. All the while distorting the truth about what God wants in our lives. 
all the while distorting us. When we look for freedom, don't we end up finding bondage when we look in the wrong places? Of course we do. Of course we do because we're not finding what God has for us. This distortion can even affect the church. You know, the church is supposed to be loving and kind. Man, I, I, <laughs> some of the meanest people I've ever met were, 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 were regular churchgoers, man. You know, haven't you? It's crazy. It's crazy. You know, we, we, we feel like, you know, God, God says we're supposed to be forgiving. Yes, but we've, you know, we've got to be judgmental first. Let's be judgmental before we're forgiving. You know, that sort of thing. How many times have you seen that? How many times have you seen that? How, how many times, you know, wow. How many Christians have you ever met? If they smiled, it would break their face. God wants us to be happy. He wants us to be joyful. He doesn't want us to be dour and, and, and sad all the time. Yes, there's an appropriate time for everything under the sun. I can imagine, and we're getting ready to come into Good Friday and Palm Sunday, Good Friday, Easter. I, I can imagine on that night when, in that upper room when Jesus told those disciples that he was leaving, I, I don't imagine there was a whole lot of laughter and giggling and backslapping going. I imagine that was a, a pretty solemn occasion. But God wants us to be appropriate to the situation and appropriate for our situation as his children in this life is most of the time being joyful and having a song in our hearts. And so Satan comes in and he and he distorts what we what our legitimate needs and, and he, he gets us to look in the wrong places for those needs to be met and all the time he's sowing those weeds in our lives, sowing those weeds. And so what do we do? Well what did Jesus say? Look at verse thirty nine. The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man. You see, you are His seed on this earth. And you are to grow and become all that He wants you to be. You're to grow and become strong. A strong organism, a strong plant in this world. Even in the midst of the weeds, man. Even in the midst of the weeds. You know, many, many years ago, I had this idea. My... my my grandparents lived on this farm, and they had all this acreage they, wouldn't, they weren't doing anything with. And you know a young man can somehow come have crazy ideas. And one of my ideas was that I was going to start a tree farm, okay? I was going to start a tree farm. And so I bought, bought a bunch of little saplings, you know, about this tall, and, and I went out in the middle of one of my grandfather's pastures, and I planted those trees. And then what did I do? I forgot about them. I neglected them. Didn't have anything to do with them. Didn't, didn't, didn't fertilize them, didn't water them, didn't do nothing to them. Nothing. Did you know what? Even though the grass grew up around them, even though the weeds grew up around them, those trees still grew. They still grew. Not all of them, but most of them. It was amazing. And what I'm trying to say to you is that if you will depend on the Lord, that even in the midst of the weeds and the grass, God can still grow you into a strong tree. 
if you'll allow him to. And, and, and really, it doesn't depend on anybody but him and you. How many times, if I had a nickel for every time somebody gave an excuse for them not being the Christian they should be because of somebody else, unbelievable. It's not about somebody else. It's about you and your relationship with him. And so he talks about how he sows the good seed. He is the son of man. He's sown you and he's sown the good seeds of love and sacrifice and grace on this earth. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. Here again, make no mistake, guys. You know, people, outside the walls of, this, uh, of churches, people look at us and say, Oh my goodness, they're talking about the devil again. They're talking about evil spirits and Satan and all this other. The Bible says that Satan is real. And he is real. And, and, and let me tell you something. He knows your name. He knows where you live. He knows every weakness you've got. And he's going to try to attack those weaknesses. Oh, and one more thing. He's smarter than you. He's smarter than you. <clears throat> and so... If all of those things are true, what is my only defense against his attacks? Well, it's staying close to the Lord. Just as close, walking just as closely as I can to my Lord Jesus Christ. Because guess what? He's not smarter than Jesus, and he's not more powerful than Jesus, and Jesus loves me, and he cares about me, and he will protect me if I will only let him. Most of us are not protected because sometimes we don't want to be. I was talking to another friend of mine the other day. We were talking about this whole deal of, of uh, Internet pornography and how, how I was talking to a guy one time, and I said, you know what, if you're really serious about this, I said, there's some things we can put on your computer that will block all that stuff, and if you try to go to a certain site, it'll tell me. Well, he wanted to quit that stuff, but not enough to do that. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. I mean, now we're getting serious, amen? <laughs> now we're getting serious. I don't know if I want to do that or not. See, well, they're serious and then they're serious. They're saying you want to make a change and then there's really making a change. And, and, and so, you know, and, and the thing is, we as human beings, man, we're so sophisticated. We can even fool ourselves sometimes, amen? <laughs> we're so sophisticated. But our God knows. Jesus knows. And you get serious with him, he'll get serious with you. He says, the weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. That harvest is going to come one of these days, guys. It's coming. Don't know when it's coming, but just as sure as you're sitting there and I'm standing here, it's coming. And when it comes, we're all going to be affected. We're all going to be affected. And the weeds are pulled up, 
and burned in the fire. So it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out His angels and they will weed out His kingdom, everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will be thrown, they will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear. To review, bottom line, this world belongs to our Lord. He sows the good seed. He will sow good seed, wonderful seed, fabulous seed, liberating seed in you if you will let him. The devil is a squatter. He doesn't belong here. This world does not belong to him, but he is still about sowing bad seed and he will sow bad seed in your life even if you're a Christian if you let him he's all about sowing bad seed but the harvest is coming now if you're a Christian I believe this if you're a Christian then when that harvest time comes God will take you up and bring you into his heavenly home so we're talking about two different things here Number one, if you're a Christian and you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are ultimately part of the good seed. But don't let Satan defeat your life by sowing bad seed where it doesn't belong. You hear what I'm saying? Because God wants you to have a wonderful, joyous life. Now, if you are sitting here and you say, you know what? I don't know. I don't know where I'm at then you need to make that decision today. You need to decide, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know that I need forgiveness. I want you to come in and make me your good seed. I want you to plant me born again to a new kind of life with Jesus Christ as my Savior, my Redeemer, my Lord, my example. If you can't say that you've ever come to that place in your life where you've done just that, then you need to do it. You need to do it, and you need to do it today. You need to make this, this rainy, dreary Sunday the most glorious day of your life by accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. And after the service or during the service, you can come up and talk to me or talk to any of the elders about doing that if the Lord leads you to do that. Maybe just maybe you're sitting out there and you're saying, you know what, I know I'm part of the good seed, but I've allowed Satan to plant some weeds in my life. And today, I, I, just, wanna, I just want those, seed, those weeds eradicated and I want God to wash me and cleanse me, and I want to start over today, and I want to say no to the things I need to say no to with the strength and the help of my Lord Jesus Christ. I can't do it by myself. But with Him, all things are possible. Maybe you need to do that today as well. I want to tell you something. You're here today. You're here today for a reason. All I ask you to do is to open your heart up to what the Holy Spirit might say to you this morning. And just do what he wants you to do.